Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of they Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hello. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, we are here with our WrestleMania review show. Um, I guess, I mean, I have nothing to, sometimes I have something to to say beforehand. I don't think I have anything to go into, no, uh, alternate topics, but, uh, I guess first thing, Alo, do we have ratings on this show? Yes. Howard, do we have ratings for this show? The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Howard, that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you as always, Fink. We, we appreciate you donating your... Uh, your silver tongue or whatever whatever the, the phrase is for someone with a beautiful voice. I think a silver tongue is somebody who's just good at talking. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think Fink's grown in some inspiration from you because he has a full-on beard now. Does he really? Yes, he does. You wouldn't even recognize him. Wow. He's still kind of fat, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, when you're old, that happens. <laughs> it does happen. Um, so who wants to give their rating... First, for WrestleMania 35. Vincent won't say it, but I will. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, I'll take the mic here. I, I'm going to give it a, a slobber knocker. Okay. Um, it, it's, it, it's such a hard show to digest and analyze with a rating because there's a lot bad to say, but when I say a lot bad, there's like a handful and they're big things. Uh, you know, I have my complaints. I think the main thing anyone should complain about is the length of it. Um, it's, it's just, it's long. Uh, there, there was a lot of good that came out of it and almost, you, you know, I had two or three matches I really loved and the results overall of the whole seven and a half hour show I enjoyed the results more, and I really don't think I should be just because the results were good. Right, like they, they sent you home happy. Yeah, <laughs> just because the results were great doesn't garner a showstopper. Right, uh, I agree with that. Alo, well, this is the first time where my rating in two years for WrestleMania is going to be a bit different because I wasn't there. So I'm going to agree with Eric. I'm going to give it a slobber knocker. Uh, Seven and a half hours. My God. Uh, Brock Lesnar was the smartest person in the room for 
not wait until midnight to go on and go on <laughs> first and go home. home. <laughs> get this hell over for go home. Smartest man you could, smartest man in the room. Uh, I I think the crowd was completely pooped out by the women's tag match, and that was around what eight eight thirty because at that point they were already there for what three. They were already there for almost three hours during the show and then that's not including like waiting in line and pre-gaming and stuff like that in the parking lot uh so like a lot of things didn't come across well on tv because there was wasn't much good great reaction and stuff uh the kofi and daniel bryan match i thought was excellent that was my match of the night i think the we'll get to the the elephant in the room about the women's main women's main event because that was just i'm i'm interested to hear your take on that and Homage and Batista, thank hmm. God it's over. <laughs> I don't know. It still might be going on. Because <laughs> that was like the longest match in eternity. I couldn't take it anymore. Like me, like we were all in a group text text. Like it's still it's still going on. I texted bathroom break <laughs> when that match came on. I, I at least sat there and watched the entrances because like I know H is going to try to do something. And once the entrances were over, I, it wasn't even a pee break. Like I... I had I literally took a shit and came back and there was still 15 <laughs> minutes of the match left. And it's like, not and, more. And I was like, God, they, they, he looks so old. I love how so much I love you, but God, this was so bad. I did pop uh, him pulling the nose ring out with the with the pliers or the scissors <laughs> or whatever. I thought that was funny, but this match actually got a lot of praise. I think from who. I, it's got this match got like on the internet. A lot of people kind of praise this match as far as star ratings out of five. Some people rate this three, uh, three and a quarter stars or four out of five stars on this on the internet. I don't know where. I was completely disinterested, but yeah, it, this show is just it's too long, and then it's a little bit different. Not is it Triple H's daughters in the cast of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, who the hell is rating that match highly? God, I hope Zoe Saldana didn't do that. (laughs) Like this, like for the first time in two years, I'm not there, so it's a little bit different, and the excitement level isn't as high. I just want to thank every 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 reseller and stuff up for jacking the prices up to make sure I didn't go because I was elated. I I I didn't end up going, but that's that's all my thoughts so far. We'll get we'll uh, get into the rest of it in a bit. So go on, Pash. Yeah. So for me, I. I almost was going to come on here and jokingly give it a showstopper just because Brock isn't the universal champion anymore. But I, I can't do it just because there, there were things I didn't like. Uh, and it is just too damn long. Like, I mean, five and a half hours, if you're just watching the main card, is just too much. There, I can't think of many things I would watch for five and a half hours, let alone WWE. Like... Three hours, great. Three and a half hours, fine. Even four hours for your biggest show of the year, I get it. But five and a half hours is just too much. Pash, you can really call it seven and a half. There was a match go that went on two hours beforehand. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, if you watched literally all of the content, it was seven and a half hours. You guys obviously know my feelings on the pre-show, and I don't entertain it. But five and a half, like, come on. And... How can you I keep think, people in I think the Aaron, seats for that long? I think Aaron and I will agree. It's one of those things. I never watched the pre-show, but Mania, because you have two championship matches and two battle royals, it's almost one of those things. Those 
those results don't matter, but like two titles change and it is cool to see, you know, you, you may see someone from NXT, you may see someone from another division that's not usually or in a pay-per-view using those battle royals. So it's cool for that, this one show of the year. But again, to explain that is just saying how bad it is that the show's that long. Yeah, well, it's too much. But the thing, but the sad thing is, this is normal for 2019 for all for all wrestling wrestling shows. How long was the G1? I'm yeah, sure that was, that was about four or five hours too. It was still going on at well after Hall of Fame. It started before it. Yeah. So like like that that's a common in, in wrestling nowadays, and so WWE is not really doing anything that's not wrong or what's not been being done. So, I, but but they're copying the WWE format, if anything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know that. I understand that completely. But that's just all wrestling is now. So one thing I was taught, and I know you guys will both agree with this. I was taught this is probably a four or five year old. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs don't make a right. So just because everybody's doing it. Like it's, yeah, and Ring of Honor, nobody even knows who those guys are. So why is that four hours long? Mm-hmm. Well, it was three companies in their defense. It, and no, so three companies where nobody knows who the guys are. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, but, if Prep was awake, he would tell you he knew, knew every guy on that show. <laughs> not, um, not, not everybody's an indie prep. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just too much, and it's too much to ask. It's it's way too much to ask of anyone to sit in those seats for that long. Let alone like the your main event of your biggest show of the year should be the biggest moment of the year and the crowd cannot even properly like enjoy it or process it because they've been exhausted for two hours already mm-hmm. it's not even like they just ran out of gas they had been out of gas for at least two hours by that point yeah because i was explaining to eric i'm like dude like if, I, if we were there i would have left during uh homage and batista and got and got to my grandparents house in brooklyn and but it would be able to see the main event on the network by the time I got home. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, now, we'll obviously get into some specifics as we go along here, but to echo uh, X sentiment uh, that he started off with of, like, enjoying the results. And I think we've kind of trained ourselves to not be so hung up on the results of the matches, just, like, appreciate the work that's done. But it is nice to watch that show and you're at least happy about what happened. Like, the stuff that you've been, like, rooting for and hoping to see happen, happened. Uh, I was thrilled to get to see the women main event, and I thought that they did an excellent job for 99.9% of it. Uh, I thought that Kofi and Daniel Bryan, that might be my favorite match in, like, three or four years. Like, I loved every second of it. I was watching it like Sixers Celtics in the playoffs. Like I could not <laughs> I have been more. Text. I could not have been more invested. I was on the edge of my seat. I got like choked up when it ended. When I saw his kids in the ring and seeing them celebrate together, like that alone was worth was it was worth wa- watching the show just to see that match alone. Uh, but like. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy that Brock is not the universal champion anymore. I'm happy that he's like out of our lives for now, but I feel like that deserved more than what it got. And maybe I'm in the minority of that, but for Seth to just take a beating for five minutes before the bell 
and then basically they ring the bell and he hits what three curb stomps and then it's over. Yep. I feel like Seth Rollins deserved more of a platform than that. And I feel like the fans of Seth Rollins and everyone who has been waiting to see Brock get dethroned deserved more than that. And it was another damn low blow. Like how many low blows are they going to put into these title matches? Um, but I'm not going to be too, too negative on WrestleMania because I did enjoy chunks of it. I do think they did a lot of the right things with the match results. And they gave me, like I said, arguably my favorite match since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, do either of you think similarly about Kofi and Daniel Bryan, that, that the match was that good? It was definitely the match of the night. It, it was really good. It was the feel-good moment of the night. Um, and not to take nothing away from the women, but it was one of those things. That match could have ended, and I, you could have flicked the lights off, and I could have went to bed and you know woke up still smiling. You know, the night could have ended right there. And again, I'm not taking nothing away from any of the matches that went on after. It was just that was that was the icing on the cake. Yeah, it was the thing we all wanted to see happen more than anything else on the show. Yeah, I thought the match was great. Like I'll rival this with like the feel good feel with Cody and Aldis at all in because it was kind of that big match feel to it. I love that day like we talked about last week how Daniel Bryan's in like a complete 180 because he's actually has something that's it, that you could actually invest in and not just sitting there cutting promos about the environment. He was the perfect antagonist for Kofi Kingston. And he showed that in the match because I thought the match told a story perfectly. Every time Kofi tried to hit a trouble in paradise or SOS or put any high, high risk offense and Bryan had a counter for it right there. Like see, he would lock in the, the heel hook or, or the LaBelle lock. Or he will have a counter for it. With uh, I know he kept executing the Boston Crab on Kofi a couple of times. He had an answer for everything Kofi did, and there was limited in- outside interference except for the ending part, which we kind of would expect between those between uh, Rowan and Woods and and Big E. But even when Brian hit the the running knee, and before Kofi kicked out, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be it, because that'll be it, like we talked about also, like if Kofi lost. We will feel bad, but we can understand if he does lose. Right. But, but the, I felt like there was a very good chance of that happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because after that, I was like, oh, God, all the outside interference happened. He hit the running knee. That might be it. But the second Kofi kicked out, I was like, okay, Kofi has this. And right after he had trouble in paradise, I was with Eric. We both popped. We both popped. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm, – I'm not sure if you've seen, but, like, you know how big of a deal this was for, like, African-American wrestlers – and there's a video going around of watching Sh- of Shad Gaspard and MVP watching it at a bar, kind of getting choked up about the whole situation because like they were around with Kofi, real first, tears, yeah, first debut, and this actually means something to them for for the culture and stuff. So it was really a heart a heartfelt moment. Oh yeah, and it's it's interesting because there is a saying I heard on Orange Is the New Black, which is is weird to bring up, but. The quote was, I guess you can get used to anything, which basically means like no matter how bad things are, you we can get used to it, even if it's unhappy. And you think about like being at a job you hate, like you eventually get used to it. It's just a habit to go in there and do it every day and come home and do it again the next day. You have to think a lot of those black wrestlers, like being in WWE, you get used to it. Like you kind of know, I'm... Um, I might be good, I might be successful, but I'll never be this. 
and it's just kind of the reality of it. And for them to kind of get a glimpse of, okay, that doesn't have to be true, I think is a really big deal. And, like, seeing that emotion from those guys I thought was a great thing because, you know, I'm not I'm not black. I've never had to face any type of oppression in my life or have never you been... You sure, <laughs> Yes. I've never <laughs> been discriminated against in any way, shape, or form. But I can empathize with that, and it, it was really great to see. Like when his son got up on the second rope and threw the T-shirt out, I was like on the floor. I was dying at that. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, it, it was. I think I might have said to you guys either last week or the week before, like, is is if Kofi wins the title at WrestleMania, does that become like the highlight of 2019? Do you think that, that that what happened on Sunday night will qualify as the highlight of 2019 calendar year? Just got it so far. It definitely is so far in 2019 for sure, four months in. Do you think this stands up for the next eight months? We're like, we're, where we're doing our 2019 year in review, are we inside, looking at this as like the greatest moment of 2019? Inside WWE, I will say yes. Alo, what do you think? Yeah, I agree because even because well, first of all, let's also address that he survived a week as champion on television. <laughs> yeah, because because we already know the backlash is going to be <laughs> of whenever his run ends, how long it was. That's always going to be the backlash when it comes to the, when it comes to like certain title reigns that happen just because of something. So I think it will end up being like the best feel good moment because it was genuine and uh, the entire it was and it was it was genuine and. It was organic, and everybody got behind it, and that's not that doesn't happen all the time, especially in WWE. Right, and when it does happen, it doesn't usually last. Like this is, we're going on what two months of this. It usually doesn't last this long. It usually fizzles out before yeah. now. And I think it was cool to see it. Like they gave us what we needed out of this story before it was too late, and unfortunately, they don't always do that. Um, and transitioning to another thing. That got hot and we we got concerned a few times over the last six or seven months that something that got super hot fizzled out a little bit but came to fruition on Sunday night. Becky Lynch, uh, Becky Two Belts, (laughs) the champ champ. So actually before I get to that, I'll just say we all all are in agreement. Brian and Kofi lived up to our expectations. Yes. It's not exceeded it. Yes. Okay, so the women main evented. Becky defeated Charlotte and Ronda. Like I said, for 99% of it, I thought they did a fantastic job. I thought there's not much more they could have done to show that they deserved to be in that spot. But, like, the finish just killed me. Like, I should have just been excited at the end of it, and I was annoyed at the way it ended, where... It goes off the air with with Graves saying, "I don't know if her shoulders were down. Why why will that why would that be the ending of your match?" And I don't know if that was the plan. I don't know if Ronda just sucks and she accidentally did it. But that aside, Planned. the right person won, and she defeated the right person, and it was like a great ending for that portion of the story. It was a long time coming. Uh, Alo, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on? the women's triple threat to main event? Uh, I kind of mixed emotions about it because the finish killed me, like you said, when Corey Gray was saying, well, I don't know if her shoulders were down now. The reports are saying that, first report that came out said that Becky was supposed to tap out Charlotte 
And then the second report that came out today said that, oh, the ref just botched the botched the count or whatever. So it's like it's like believe whatever you want to believe, no matter what. There was a botched ending, so you could take so you take take you take that for whatever whatever you want. But like at certain times, I thought the match was a bit sloppy. Uh, Charlotte did a lot of the work, a lot of the work, I think, and we never got. I don't feel like we got that big payoff with uh, Becky and Ronda like we should have, even though even though. Be- Becky to end up pinning Ronda. I never thought we got that big payoff with those two, and that was like the letdown for me because we talked about for months when Charlotte was ingratiating to this that it should be Becky and Ronda, but we never got like I don't think I don't feel that we got that big payoff between those two. We didn't. So so yeah. Before we get to X thoughts, I felt that way during the match. Like what I was watching, I was like. This is not what I want to see right now. Like, this is not what I want, feel like I should be watching. But I ended up with rose-colored glasses at the end of it because I got to see the right person holding the two belts at the end of it. And for all of my complaints about Charlotte being shoehorned in and them giving too much to Charlotte and me being tired of Charlotte, Becky is the, the only one during all this time to hold both belts. So, like, to me, that squashes a lot of my complaints. That they just gave her, like, the greatest accolade of any woman currently on the roster. Ronda can't claim it. Charlotte can't claim it. Sasha Banks can't claim it. The only one who could claim it is Becky Lynch. So, Eck, what were your thoughts on the women's main event? So, again, you know, from the beginning of the show, complaining about the length of it, I was saying around the 11 o'clock hour, wow, we're going to get the main event tomorrow. It's going to be Monday. The bell <laughs> rang for this match at 12.02. Yeah, you texted the, main- the great point that this uh-huh. is the first two-day WrestleMania. I was like, oh, wow, I never even thought of that. <laughs> Monday morning mania. <laughs> the, the Intercontinental Championship for the first time since, what, Mania 6 was the main event for Sunday's WrestleMania. Monday morning, we got the triple threat match the th- uh, three women for the two women's titles, Raw and SmackDown. Um, again, these people are trained athletes. I get it. All the adrenaline in the world. I know they're doing stuff to be ready. I tip my hat off to them for going out there and having that 21, 22 minute match at midnight. Um, Aaron mentioned about it being sloppy. You know, it, it can't always be crystal clear. Perfect. So I, I have a hard time uh, holding that against them unless you know the the workers in the ring are are getting harmed and and it's looking that bad um i think the the botch finish i think that is to line ronda up for a rematch for her belt uh i don't think she's going nowhere i mean the the rumor was she was behind uh backstage at raw i think that was 100 percent part of the plan that went as it was um, that way, people that are hating Ronda, people that dislike her, can continue to dislike her. And that way you get a perfect storyline. I got no complaints about it. Um, and again, we saw the right person win. I think like like I definitely went into the weekend not so sure that Becky was going to win. <laughs> I kind of was leaning towards I think they're going to give this to Charlotte. So that probably clouded a little bit of my judgment. Now, the rumor is that Ronda broke her hand. I don't know how she did that. And then the brutal spill she took 
Oh. The ring apron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad they showed the replay because I, when I saw that, I was like, did she hit her head? But yeah. she fell on her, like, her shoulder. First yeah, I thought she it. landed like on the back of her head or like the top of her neck. Yeah, but she did. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but it was not good. But she did talk about uh, on her website or whatever that the rumors were true of her taking time off after, after WrestleMania. So we won't see her for a bit. What, or what the video from a couple weeks ago? Yeah, she posted a video last weekend for her website. I'm about 99% sure that is just work to annoy the fans. Well, She's if she does into... take a break, it's not a moment too soon because I don't need to see her for a while. Well, after Raw, <laughs> well, after Raw you have to assume that she, you, won't, you won't see her, that she's not going to be back for, a bit, for at least a month. Which is perfectly fine with me. <laughs> take, take the summer off. Yes. You know, like just stay away, take some time off. Learn how to talk better on a microphone. Uh, learn how to not be so unconvincing when you do talk. If, if Brock's staying in Vegas, she can come back with her dad. <laughs> that, that's fine with me, too. Uh, speaking of Brock, was it me or was he, like, super self-tannered up? <laughs> he had a tan that would make – he had an orange glow that would make Donald Trump blush. <laughs> I have no clue. I was driving while we watched that match. Uh any thoughts from either of you on that match? I'm glad they start. I'm glad they opened the show with that because Eric got into his car right after the right after they announced that that match was going on first, and we both got excited because we were like, okay, they're going to start the show off right with a, with a title change here, and that's what they did. Now, was the match anything to brag about? No, did Seth deserve a bit better? Yes, but. For us, the fans who've been who've been dying for Brock to leave, he's gone, and they got it done in the first thing in the show. So you don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to wonder about what's going to happen throughout the night. So they got that done and over with, and I couldn't have been more happy. Yeah, I was similar to what Aaron just said. I mean, it's like I said, it, the result's perfect. It's Seth won's won the belt. It's just he deserves so much better. Um, you, you look at it. Brock's second to last pay-per-view when he left uh, around Mania 20 was losing the championship to Eddie Guerrero. And they had a great match. Um, there are people like Bruce Pritchard has went on to record and say that he wished that result happened without Goldberg getting involved. Um, I, I wish this didn't have to be a, a, a low blow and just three curb stops. I wish he got to get more of his more of his issue. He didn't get to do a lot of stuff right there. It was three curb stomps and call it a night. I don't know. I, I wanted more for him. Yeah, so did I. Um, but, again, I'm not going to be too harsh about it because what needed to happen in the end did happen. So there's at least that. Those were, I mean, I think the three major things from WrestleMania, like the three most important things, the three standout things. For each of you, like, what was like the the next big thing for you? And Eck, you could start if you want to. Um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, those those definitely are. I feel like there is a a nice uh, a nice fourth one to think about. Oh, you know what it would be? It would be Cena doing the th- uh, Doctor <laughs> Thugonomics gimmick, without a doubt. Oh, man, that was so good because it was one of those things I thought Cena was going to come out or Taker was going to come out. And I swear 
an hour before Elias came out, I thought to myself, man, that would be cool if John Cena did Dr. Thugonomics. But I thought in my head, I was like, you know what? He did that with The Rock, and I don't think he really committed like he did 15 years ago. And I was like, I don't think he'll ever do it again. So no big deal. It is what it is. It's not going to happen. And once that music went, I popped. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm, and I was never, like, that was one of the things that turned me off to WWE. Like, that whole Cena era. But being that, that I had no emotional attachment to it, I didn't miss it. I didn't feel like I needed to see it. I do think it was cool that they brought it back, like, on that stage and did it probably in the, in the most perfect way they could have with Elias. And, you know, I got a laugh out of it. The crowd clearly liked it. Um, it's the first time I didn't hear, like, booze for him when he came mm-hmm. out, I think. So I, I didn't I hear that, that for Roman was, either. Right. I agree that that was, like, a big moment on the show. Alo for you, like, what what comes in, like, maybe not quite at the same level as the top three things, but, like, what else was, like, stand out for you at Mania 35? Well, other than the whole Cena thing, I love the Iconics winning. Because we talked about that last week of how this, this whole thing has kind of been about them. And their reaction was great to winning because they couldn't believe it. Because just like Sasha and Bailey, like this is like kind of like their dream. This is their life. This is everything they ever, everything, everything they ever wanted in wrestling. So that was that was my that was my other moment. And come and think about it, I think that's that might be about it because everything else was pretty. Pretty like okay, nothing, nothing special. Like Roman and Galloway was fine, was decent, I guess. Uh, Ray went decent. Out and, that's a stretch. That's a raw match. <laughs> yeah. Ray, Ray, well, I, I'm not gonna really hold much against Roman because he's still getting the ring shape. Ray, Ray got jobbed out in like ten seconds. Uh, Triple H, Triple H should, oh, homage and Batista. We're not gonna talk about that. Uh, and I think I think we already did. And that. We talked about it as much as we're going to. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> and other than that, I think that might be about it. I didn't watch the. I didn't, I, made, I meant to watch Tony Nese win over Buddy Murphy because friend of the show Tony Nese and How's a Hardcore Original. So that we've been lobbying for him to win that since the cruiserweight the inception division. of the belt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the inception of the cruiserweight division. But yeah, nothing else really kind of like really stood out to me at all. What about Miz and Shane for you guys? Oh, yes. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> that was great. I love that match. Glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, you got a, a Shane spot. Miz actually did the stunt. Uh, a nice bump. Thought it was good. I love that Shane landed with the pinfall. I'm, uh, Shane, Shane got Miz over to me. <laughs> you did say that. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. like, that was my, I'll like. I'll keep saying it. That was my next tier. Like, the top of my next tier was Miz and Shane. I thought um, I loved Shane making uh, making himself be reintroduced. Like, I want my announcement to be better. I thoroughly enjoyed the beating he put on Miz at the beginning. I got a good laugh out of Mr. Mizanin getting into the ring in that horrible <laughs> Mr. stance. Mr. Miz. <laughs> um, so good. The, the memes are fantastic. Yes, they've been incredible. But like the match itself, Shane basically took or Miz basically took Shane out behind the woodshed for, for most <laughs> of that match. But to me, that was perfect because Miz was the one that like wanted to win more. Miz was the one who needed it more. Miz was the one who had something to prove, and he got like everything but the win. And I, it was like the perfect way 
for like Shane, like the weasel Shane to win. Like you really got your ass kicked and you just happened to. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the way we wanted like Kevin Owens to beat Braun Strowman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like you got your, like you say, you got your ass kicked, but you just happen to fall on top of me. So Miz doesn't lose anything at all. Right. I, I thought it was great. That match far exceeded my expectations. The Miz impressed me. Shane impressed me as he always does. I, I we even talked about like what is the big bump he's going to do. That was better than what I was anticipating. I think I had landed on the only thing we're going to see is him crash through an elbow drop on the table. This far exceeded that. I really enjoyed that match. Uh, Eck, do you have any argument for me as to AJ and Randall being match of the night? Wait, you're saying that? No, I'm asking you if you can make a case because <laughs> you. I remember you telling me wait to wait how salty you are when it's match of the night. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious if you can make a case for it. I didn't. I didn't get to see it. <laughs> so so if you saw it, maybe. Yeah, if I saw it, I mean, I didn't hear nothing bad about it. Um. I actually think that got a decent rating. I just I was making food for Valentina. We were like literally just getting home as a match or it was on. So yeah, I didn't really get to see it. Yeah, I I don't think there's a case to be made for match of the night. It was basically your classic Randall. It was fine. <laughs> like that that's the way I looked at it. Well at least uh, you gave Randall fine. Yeah. <laughs> well that's his ceiling, is fine. And AJ <laughs> pulled fine out of him. Uh, the World's largest dance break. I was happy that we got that. That was and I was smart as shit where they put it. Mm-hmm. Yep, to wake everybody up. Yeah, it was like a spot where they needed it. Yeah, and I love our truth and Carmelo being late to it. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, they showed up what four four and a half hours in. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I thought that was good. But yeah, overall the show was for the most part enjoyable. Um. And like we said, we got a lot of stuff we wanted out of it. I don't want to complain about it other than the fact that it's just too much. It is more than anyone should have to sit through. And honestly, I believe it's something that they really should take a look at. Do we really need to make this show this long? Because it's not like the length of it is making them any more money. It's not like they're selling like commercial time on TV. I know they put commercials on there for the network. But like, come on. It it is unnecessary if you're trying to make up for sponsors. Do like hockey and put advertisements on the uh, the barrier around the ring. Like, so I'm not I'm not saying it completely justifies it. It definitely doesn't justify it to the fans. But we all know when you go through like the Andre the Giant or the Women's Memorial Battle Royal, and they they're you know right there, you're you're putting in almost 80, 80 superstars. So excluding the other. 14 matches you got 80 people in those two matches um i know they're in the pre-show so it's not what a lot of people pay attention to but the thing i look at that's good for them is the payday that they're getting tommy dreamer just recently said on his podcast that the whatever year it was the wrestlemania that they had the ecw originals versus the new breed he got sixty eight thousand dollars it was an eight-man tag, and he, the match was six minutes long. So if these guys in these battle royals are getting these crazy paydays, I mean, I, I, I get it, and I'm happy for them for that. I think that's the only reason I can, they can say to justify it. I almost feel like that's something worth saying. 
instead of just saying, hey, look, we're giving them their spot? Or how about we just say, hey, yo, they're actually getting paid quite nicely for this? Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to take money out of anybody's pocket, but, like, then make the, the Battle Royals 30-person Battle Royals and put it on the pre-show. Don't – there's just no need for, for me to watch the main card. Say, so you know what, I'm not going to watch the pre-show, and I'm sitting there from 7 o'clock till 12.30 a.m. watching mm-hmm. it. Because nobody, I can't, I don't know anybody who actually wants to sit down and watch WWE for five and a half hours straight. And I, and if you do want to, I hope I don't know you and I hope I never do because there is something very, very wrong with you. Um, so any other thoughts from WrestleMania itself? No, I think we pretty much hit on everything. So okay, I don't I don't want to skimp over anything. If any if anything pops into your head, feel free to bring it up. So one of my concerns coming out, first I want to make mention that Raw after WrestleMania and SmackDown after WrestleMania, obviously there's more interest going into those two days than almost any other night of the year, and they know it more than ever now. And their ratings on TV were terrible. They didn't even get 3 million people to watch Raw on Monday night. They were down 25% from Raw after Mania the previous year, and SmackDown was down 26% from the previous year. So interest has definitely declined. If they couldn't even get 3 million viewers on Monday, I don't know how they're going to get 3 million viewers for any week going forward. So I just felt the need to say that because I feel like Vincent needs me to point it out, and I feel like Brian Gerard James needs me to point it out, and I feel like H needs me to point it out, and I feel like Stephanie needs me to point it out that you guys are not doing as well as you think you are, and your product is suffering because of the lack of attention you give to it. But my biggest concern coming out of WrestleMania and like the first couple steps out, they clearly have no plan for Kofi Kingston right now. Like <laughs> They have no plan for after he won the title. He... He has, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it was a great idea to do the title for title idea with Seth because, like, who wouldn't want to see that? Two great workers, both won titles the night before. They had, you know, could have a great match. But then it ends up with the bar breaking it up. Of all people, like, for what reason, the bar. And then Tuesday, Kofi's in a six-man tag with the New Day versus the bar and Drew Galloway. Like, what? (laughs) That's the best you could do. You had this amazing story leading up to WrestleMania, and that was the best you could do for like the next step afterwards. To me, that that concerns me that they like don't really know what they want to do now. Like him winning the title was the end of the story, and now they're trying to figure out what the next story is. Is that something? Do you think I'm being too harsh, or do you think that's yes. probably accurate? I, I think I'd be a little bit too harsh because one, I, I like the whole him and Seth interaction with the whole title for title, but you already knew that was going to get broken up and there'll be no finish with that. Now, next week they have the shakeup. So things will change up, will change up a little bit. I have my own suggestions I think should happen, but things are going to change up a little bit. So, and they have some time between now and money in the bank, which is, the, which is the next pay-per-view. So they have enough time to actually put something together, but I don't think they're actually, you're going to actually see a lot, see things moving forward until, after next week with the shakeup. And like I said before, you you, you started talking, they kind of like, like, it's not like, 
they know they, they know that Raw after Mania is a bigger deal than ever before now. Like it sells out almost every year now. Same thing with same thing with SmackDown. And they know that you're gonna watch. And you're always, you're always waiting for something to happen. But the la- but this but the last year, I think I don't think nothing specifically happened at all to get you excited. It's always been you because you're always waiting for call ups or returns. And that happened the week after just uh, last year because that's when they did the shakeup as well. So you got so like I, I see your point, and I wouldn't be shocked they have no idea, plans at all. But <laughs> but could be a little bit a little a little I think it'd be a little bit harsh because they have the whole shakeup things and th- things are going to be switching around next week. Right, Eck. What do you think? Are you concerned about them knowing what they're doing with Kofi now that he is champion, or do you think it's too soon to make that judgment? I think they're the first month we're going to get the rematch with Brian. I think that makes sense. Um, you could say he needs to earn it, but he's a former multi-time, multi, multiple-time world champion. Um, I think that's the direction they're going to go. Like Aaron said, it was uh, it was cool to see them in the ring, Rollins and Kofi. It was cool to see them get along after the fact, uh, and then we get the tag match. It reminded me of 2015, 2016, whenever um, you know New Day was heel and Rollins was heel, and they ran the captain, you know, right? Wasn't that what they yeah, called him? <laughs> they, they got along great. They had some eight man tags together. I um, loved that, by the way. And Seth, didn't Seth get injured like almost right after that started with them like kissing up to Seth? Yeah, uh, I think it was a few months after <laughs> because it, they were with him while he had the oh yeah the double the champion. US, yeah, and they had Seth doing a little dance. They were hyping him up. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about that history. But that I loved that so much, the captain. Yeah, and especially because <laughs> Seth Seth had like the same attire on. He had the black black pants on. He it looked literally like 2015. The only difference was his belt from 2015 was on Kofi's waist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, but, but I just can't give them saying, the benefit of the doubt. I. Yeah, it, it's it's like Richie said once upon a time on this show. It's an abusive relationship. You almost <laughs> just gotta hope. You know. You can hope one thing's going to happen, but the other relation, other person in the relationship is going to cheat on you. So it is what it is. <laughs> right. um, now, I do have to make mention, I could watch Big E do a split on every show <laughs> for the rest of eternity. That's amazing to me. So good. <laughs> that will never get old. And Xavier Woods, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this guy, they haven't used him. But, like, my God, he's so good at so many things. I want to see him get featured more than he has. Um, He can be funny. He can be silly. He's great when he's serious. He's actually a great athlete and a great worker. Do you think Kofi winning the title opens the door to anything more for Big E and Xavier? Or do you think, like, this is, like, the achievement for all three of them and we can't really expect more for the other two unless the group breaks up it is what it is yeah yeah like i think that because i think that's like the achievement for all three of them because we talked about talked about heavy for the past month or so that the whole the whole idea of the new day was for kofi to get a world title now he has that world title like now woods like the pro- their prophecy has been completed basically <laughs> so uh, unless they write a storyline where uh ascent where like vince tries to like destroy the new day which which i think will be really interesting i think people will really get invested in it 
I don't think so. Unless, unless, like I said, there's a story involved in all three of them for the title. Uh, and the last thing I'll say regarding these guys, I don't know if either of you heard an interview Jim Ross did, I want to say last week, or maybe it was even on Monday, I can't remember. I don't remember if he already knew that Kofi had won. But he, like, almost said he didn't like that WWE played a race angle with Kofi. And I love JR as much as the next guy. But first of all, it's, I don't think this was, like, an overly racial angle. It, was, it wasn't. It was because I talked about that a few weeks ago, too. On the yeah, internet, I, they deemed it. Like they use racism, like people like us, but they didn't say that stuff on TV. And the TV is what matters. But if you, but if you, if you put together everything, then you can say that. But not, the, but the TV is the most important thing, right? Like you could read a racial point into it, and there was a racial component to it. Like, but Kofi even said in an interview, we said people like us because it could it could be a relation to almost anything that we've been through, like people who work yeah. hard and don't get recognized. So I disagree with Jim there because, one, I don't think it was overly racialized. And, two, I think him winning the championship, like, that is important. Like, it, and like, like you mentioned, with, with the, the black wrestlers showing their emotions over him winning, I think it was a big deal, and I think it would have been a mistake not to acknowledge that to some degree. Um, now, I, I assume you guys know how happy I am to see that the next challenge for Becky Lynch is Lacey Evans. Yes. Because I have been I'm saying... Glad brought, I'm glad you saw that and brought it up. <laughs> I have been raving about her for a couple months. Like, she's like everything I hate about, like, a woman. And to me, that just makes her so enjoyable to watch. Like, the, the, all the little details that just make me laugh so hard. Like, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. And she, like, pulls it off perfectly. The only complaint I have about it is, obviously, I hate the the sassy Southern Belle thing that they have to say 45 times every time you see her. But I love that she's the next challenge. I love that she's finally going to be really involved in something. And I think that she could have a good story with Becky Lynch. So, like, I'm happy about it. I'm excited about it. I love that it happened two nights in a row. I love that she basically knocked Becky out on the second night. Like, Becky got the upper hand on night one. She came back and got her revenge night two. Eck, do you have any thoughts about Becky and Lacey Evans going forward? Um, I'm actually cringing of the idea that she's going to quickly drop one of the two belts to her. Um, I don't know. It just seems overly predictable. It, majority of the time when someone has two belts, they usually drop one of them, uh, almost like the first chance they get. So I'm thinking that's going to happen. It's been rumored since Lacey was called up that she was going to get a big push. Uh, she hasn't had any physical altercation until Monday. And then if this is going to lead to her getting a championship match after being up for like two and a half months and doing nothing, it's kind of boring <laughs> to me. Hey, I'm hey, not hey, a fan hey. of it. <laughs> Yeah, I love this. Like, uh, <laughs> like when she marched down and gave Becky the woman's right on Raw. How great is, is it that that thing is called a woman's right? Like, <laughs> so good, so good, so good. Now, I don't know if Eric has watched any any of her NXT work, but she could actually wrestle. But uh, the fact that it's called the woman's right is so great, and the fact that way, like, she just walked up to Becky and hit her. It was just like I want to speak to your, like you said, I want to speak to your manager. And just slapped and then say and just walked away. <laughs> yeah, she was in Walmart. 
The percentage off she thought she was going to get was not what she got, and she wanted to speak to someone's manager. That is the exact exact aura that she gives off. Uh, see, I think Becky is going to hold on to two for a little while. Yeah, I knew two. Because the, she was on – I know she did an interview with ESPN, and I think she did an interview somewhere else where she was talking about, like, I'm going to be on both shows because I'm not relinquishing either one of these things. I think they're going to let her run with it for a little bit. I'm not saying she's going to have it for the next six months, but I'd be shocked if we got out of April or even out of May with her not still having both of them. Uh, And I could be wrong, obviously. I've been wrong many times before. First pay-per-view she defends on, she loses one. Well, that would be be disappointing. Well, it'd be be interesting to see if she defends them both in one match or or if she pulls double duty. That's the one thing. I think it'll either be double duty or it'll be she's defending the Raw title or she'll be defending the SmackDown. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes because Lacey doesn't – she's not even assigned to a a show one show yet. So we'll see. And then – Less than a week until that's the case. You got to figure those six people they called up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They're going to get designated somewhere. Yeah, they'll be designated by next week. And uh, like even on SmackDown when she attacked Becky from behind, like I I thought that was great. Just like – just like like a real real bitch move. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I – I enjoy it. I think that she's really good. I think she's entertaining. She has like a real character that like I know who she is, and I think that's really important. And I think and, she's and, like and the, she's a good foil fa- for Becky, who's like very different from the two people she just feuded with for like the last six months. Yeah, and then the fact that she's doing this like in like like dresses and stuff and high heels, is <laughs> doing this and being Becky up and stuff. I think it's funny. Me, me too. I, I really enjoy it. Um, there's not like a whole lot else that I saw. I will say this though, because I, I don't want this point to go overlooked. I do give WWE credit for putting Kofi in a match with Seth. Like I really did like that angle and that interaction that they did. And I thought it was like a cool idea that I, I wasn't expecting. And I just want to say that I I watched an interview with Kofi and Becky were both on ESPN with Mike Greenberg and whoever the hell the other guy is that's with him now. And I thought they both represented the company unbelievably well. I thought they both did a great job. I think Kofi comes across as like, I know we've made this joke before about uh, Alicia Fox being the savvy veteran, but like Kofi really does exude being a savvy veteran. I love the way he like communicates his story. He communicated what it meant to him and his family and I think Becky is just so good at being who she is right now. I almost want to watch anything that she does. So two champions who I think represented the company really well in an interview I watched. And I hope that they get a chance to like thrive for a little while as champions. I hope they aren't just pushed off to the side too soon. Um, I don't know. Raw and SmackDown, was there anything really else of note that happened like was there there any big event that happened was there anybody you were like excited to see i know the hardys won the what smackdown championship took that out of my mouth was that was that the biggest thing to come out of those two nights uh i I would think so uh that and braun Strowman in the u.s title picture oh yeah i did hear about that that him and and joe brawled yeah and uh did you happen to catch uh the iconics on smackdown uh, I did, yes. They and, uh, ended an undefeated streak. 
Yeah, and Corey Graves was putting over those uh, enhancement talents. Who were they, the Brooklyn the, Bruisers the Brooklyn, or something like the that? The Brooklyn Bells. Bells, that's right. The Brooklyn <laughs> Bells. And he was, like, marking out how, how they were undefeated and stuff like that. I thought it was great. And Paige is allegedly bringing a, her own tag team to SmackDown next week. Do you think it is just an NXT call-up? I, I, I think it is, but I have no clue who it is. I think it would be, like... Maybe, uh, what's what is her name? Uh, Yo, Shirai and Kyrie Sane. I don't think it's them because, per spoilers, I do think Kyrie Sane is coming up, but I don't think Io Shirai is. Uh, I think it's Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. Mm, I could see that too. They because when I the last NXT I watched a few weeks ago, they um, they looked like a pair that they they see something for. Yeah, at least that was the way they were presented. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. Yeah, I, I think it's them because I, I don't because uh, but I do believe Kyrie Saint will be on one of the shows next week. But the tag team, I think it's Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. Yeah, I'm happy for the iconics that they won. Uh, I think they're great. Uh, we've been speaking very highly of them for a couple years on this show, like well before they ever got called up. Um, Lars Sullivan, anybody excited about that? No, no, I cannot. Get swim. away. Get away. Yeah, I couldn't care less. I was, I was hoping he had a panic attack. Me too. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else I saw. There were a few things I watched, but obviously none of it seemed like it was all that big of a deal. You, you, you know what to make you mad? What? So, the Undertaker comes back, and it's reported that him versus Elias is going, going to happen at Saudi Arabia. Well, at least it's a show I know I won't watch. But, like, why? It is 2019. Why do I need to watch Triple H and Dave Batista? Why do I need to watch The Undertaker? Why do I need Hulk Hogan? I mean, I know he was only there for, like, 15 seconds, but still. You know what I can't wait for? 20 years from now, when they don't have anybody like that they could bring back because they haven't made anybody that relevant in the last 10 years. They have nobody who looks like could come back in 20 years and be a big deal except for John Cena. Not one True. other person. You know, everybody has known who Hulk Hogan was for the last 35 years. Uh, everyone knows who The Undertaker is, obviously. But we're going to get to a point where there's not going to be someone like that because they have not invested enough in anyone to be on that big of, of a scale. I'm trying to think. What else was there? I don't think there really was anything else like of significance. I'm, although I'm happy to see Paige involved again. Yeah, me uh, too. I'm glad that they found a role for her. Do you think it's a mistake to wait a week after to do the shakeup where like we do WrestleMania and then everything's on hold for a week? Like, don't you think there are things they should be capitalizing on on Monday and Tuesday? Or do you think it's the right thing to do to have, like, a breather before anything happens? Well, I don't see why you can't do both at the same time. <laughs> it's not that hard. Kind of like my point about you could have good wrestling matches and good storytelling. <laughs> yeah. It's not one or the other. Nick, what do you think? Never say never. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like when you come out of that show, you should be like really kicking off like the next, whatever the next chapters are. And they, to me, they didn't do that. 
Yeah, like it's not a wrong. It's not a wrong with kicking off at least one or two things, but keeping some other things on hold. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm, I remember what I wanted to bring up. Did either of you guys watch the Seth Roman and Dean segment from after Raw went off the air? Of I course. didn't watch it. You didn't watch it, Alo? No. So Eck. Uh, what were your feelings on uh, Dean's farewell with his brothers in arms? Um, I, you know, WWE likes to prostitute everything. I, I enjoyed the first time I saw it was it was a clip. Someone posted the live video from being there in the crowd. And I thought it should have been like one of those curtain call things. Like the guys came out and let's give the New York crowd the, you know, the one final goodbye, the one final time the three of them in there together. And then WWE puts it on their YouTube account too. Um, I really hope that man's done. Uh, Supposedly he's thinking about taking up to six months off from the business and seeing what he wants to do with life. You know me, I'm hoping he's done and I'm hoping he's going straight to Cody. (laughs) I hope that too. So my thoughts on it were, I commend Seth for doing a really good job speaking to the crowd. I, I thought his his portion of it was really good. And I like that Dean probably said a couple things that maybe WWE wouldn't have loved him saying. Uh, like he made the mention of Brock, and I feel like that's real, that he like can't stand Brock. There was one other thing that he said that I was that I thought might get on Vince's nerves. I just don't remember what it, what it is now off the top of my head. But I did think it was cool. We got like the, we did get his final farewell with the the, the three of them together. Uh, I agree with you, Eck, in that it is a little corny to see WWE like post it as an official video. Like it it does kind of for some reason take a little bit away from it, and that's maybe a little too nitpicky. But I, I agree with you. I felt the same way when I saw that it was like official WWE video of the segment. Uh, But I I agree. I hope he does go to AEW eventually. I hope he does go there. I would love to see it. And I would love to see him pave the way for more of them to go that route when the time comes for them. Yeah, I mean, I'd love for him to be that, you know, Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan caliber talent to leave and like day one, pulling right up there as Luger and Hogan did for WCW. I I just hate I, I really think he's doing it almost to compare it almost to compare it like to punk leaving where it's not the same. Like he seems to really be burned out, but I don't think he's burned out from wrestling. Like he clearly still loves wrestling. He clearly did WWE the honorable way and went out there, did multiple favors, did favors to Drew McIntyre multiple times, did favors to Bobby Lashley, put a bunch of guys over, showed up, did his signings. And then he, you know, had his farewell or the night after Mania Raw. Um, it was known that he was leaving, and I think the doors open for him. It seems like WWE offered him a nice chunk of cash to stay, and he turned turned it down. He clearly loves pro wrestling, so I hope this isn't just one of those things. He's tired, like not to dwell on it. He was injured. He had he had a vacation, and he came right back. He was back for like three four months, and then he was just done with it. So I don't think it's him done with pro wrestling. I think it's him done with WWE. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think he's going to take a nice chunk off um, to just like relax. And that doesn't mean he can't show he can't sign with AEW in the meantime because they're not putting on shows yet. And he lives in Vegas. So 
Double or nothing's in Vegas, so he's he since his contract expired, he's available to actually show up there. He doesn't he doesn't have one of those non competes. So, do we think we see him in the front row like Scott Hall once upon a time? Possibly, because like I said, he doesn't. <laughs> a, they don't have a TV yet, so even if he signs, he doesn't have to wrestle. Just right. show up, a few, <laughs> just show up a few times, show your face. <laughs> Yeah, I would love it. And I guess the last thing I feel like I need to bring up is Sami Zayn. Excellent. Uh, yeah, basically, I think they wrote a script based on a lot of things I've been saying <laughs> for, for a while now. But I loved it. I thought it was great. I love the idea of them making a character that is aware of the crowd. Like, in, in the way we are, I like the idea of having a character that is actually expressing the same thing of like how annoying these people were and i loved that when he first roasted the fans half of the fans cheered which i think was almost like yeah we hate those people too like almost like the way i would feel like yes Sammy, you're right. <laughs> i feel like that's i feel like half the crowd cheered because they were like yes we agree those people suck i i'm happy that he's back i love that guy i think he's a lot of fun to watch i think he's a great talker obviously he's great in the ring He's been gone for a long time, and I know we've heard him talk on Jericho's podcast saying how he didn't really miss it. I hope he's back, and I hope he, like, gets to enjoy it. But I'm assuming all three of us are are excited to see Sammy back in the fold. Yep. Uh, Of course. That's everything that I have that I could personally talk about. Is there anything else that happened during Mania Weekend? That you guys feel like needs to be mentioned. Yes. Before I almost forgot. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a Lee collector. Jay Vargas. <laughs> I'm glad because, you brought that up. Because like this man lived the, lived his life the hell out this weekend. I was so happy for him because I know I know the ripoff that access is and stuff. But he had a ball. And I was nobody, him. nobody had more fun this weekend. <laughs> Than Jay Vargas, I know. So like, and I don't know I, if anybody deserved it more. Yes, like he, like he deserved everything. He met <laughs> Zelina. I know that was a goal of his. He got his belt signed, I believe. Like he lived it up, and I was so happy for him to see him enjoy it. You know, he was doing the air guitar better than Kyle O'Reilly for you, and absolutely. <laughs> so I, I just want to give him a shout out because I love watching him enjoy his WrestleMania weekend because it was his first time going and he had a blast. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy for Jay Vargas. Like I said, that nobody was happier than him this weekend. And I'm very happy for him. So I'm glad you had fun. Uh, I actually have Ronnie versus the world t-shirts for the two of them that I have to get to them at some point. Yeah. Whenever I start doing that again, (laughs) it's been a while. Um, I guess the the other thing that I almost forgot from WrestleMania weekend, Enzo and Cass showing up at Ring of Honor. Eck, I'm assuming you have some thoughts you'd like to share on that. Yeah, I'm, I got time for it. They, uh, <laughs> they, they handled it like geniuses from the front office to the back office. Um, I think Bubba Ray or someone got wind of what happened at the Hall of Fame and said, whoa, um, let's make this look as real as we possibly can. They had the cameras <laughs> pan away from them, just like the cameras panned away from the guy assaulting Bret Hart. Um, 
I think it's going to be a great storyline. I don't know which way to go for it. Uh, Enzo and Cass never won tag gold in Raw or NXT. So I think this is this is huge for them. I hope they I'm glad to see them tagging from the time they were in the Indies or I mean, Cass was the only one that went to the Indies. Enzo hasn't done nothing wrestling related. Um, I, I'm happy for them that they're back together. You could say negative things about each one of them as people, but they could stay out of the business and go nowhere in life. And then we're going to see them on some E documentary in five years about how wrestling some ruined e their documentary. life. <laughs> I, I, I'd rather see, um, I, I'd rather see them, you know, in the business somewhat and making a living. The interesting thing to not know if this is another part of the work, um, Tamatanga does the New Japan uh, post match interview, like they do, uh, like like how New Japan does it for like a real sport, and they go out there and they basically own up that it's a work and says, "You can tell this is poor Ring of Honor booking. This is obviously <laughs> poor Ring of Honor booking. How dumb is that? The people that lose the match." They lose the match, and then they come out there and assault the losers of the match. Why not have them come assault us? And then they're, you know, so they had the uh, New Japan belts stolen by some manager. And then meanwhile, they're throwing the Ring of Honor belts in the back. They're treating them like trash. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the two brands are having any clashing issues or if it's just storyline. But aside from that, so uh, also four world titles all together all change hand male world titles ring of honor new japan universal and the wwe all four titles change hands this weekend and you know marcus interesting stat (laughs) interesting stat not really richie richie edges twin won the uh ring of honor world title (laughs) who's that that guy does not the haven who's that (laughs) Richie Edge. <laughs> Look, Google Google him. I know right Richie now. Edge. <laughs> no, Google Google him right now. Or in the air. I actually do know who Matt Taven is, but I can't think of uh, I, like what he this. looks like enough to know that he looks like Richie. Hold on one second. I don't think a year ago, the last time you would have seen him, he had a mohawk. He has a mohawk now. It is Richie's twin. Yeah, he does look like Richie. <laughs> it is Richie. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, four world titles all changed hands, and the, the two that I needed to see change hands did. Uh, and as far as Enzo and Cass go, the I, two that you, that didn't need to change did. Yeah, I hate, I hate the two of them, but I love that they are now in one of the like purest wrestling companies, and those two got like more attention than probably anything in that company has gotten in years. And I am going to enjoy them pissing off the like elitist, like hardcore wrestling fan. I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. So I don't like the two of them personally, but I enjoy the anger and frustration that they are going to give to the exact type of wrestling fan I can't stand. Um, do we want to do some listener questions? Yeah. <clears throat> We have a question from Donovan, the Lloyd Lloyd, no relation. Okay, thank you, Donovan. Do you think AEW will respond to the jokes slash things Triple H said at the Hall of Fame? 
Absolutely. We've already seen them do like a mock of Triple H on being the elite. I don't think that they will be shy about lobbing some veiled insults towards WWE. I, 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 I for sure think we will see that. What about you, Eck? Did, did you guys watch being the elite this week? I, I did not. I, I did, but I was at work, so I wasn't, it didn't have my full attention. The headline of the episode was piss ant. <laughs> really? <laughs> but I didn't see nothing that had any regards to that. And like, it wasn't their best episode. It's so funny because people are in social media and this, this is, will reinforce what Ron hates about wrestling. Um, <laughs> The fans that there are so many people that are fans of being the elite that if this not the best episode ever, they crap on the series immediately once it ends. If it's not the best episode ever and this past week, it wasn't their best episode ever. So it was it was kind of annoying where like and I'm not knocking the episode, but it was like, wait a minute. Like I didn't have nothing huge. I took home from it. And also I'm like, well, I, I read the headline afterwards, and I'm like, wait, there wasn't even nothing that addressed the pissant remark. Right, like you acknowledged this thing that happened regarding your company, but there was nothing in the actual content that reflected Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you were, and you, I'm assuming you were expecting that it would be addressed. Well, I, maybe or not at least right mentioned. away. Yeah, I figured definitely when, when I seen in the headline that there, there was something about it, but there wasn't. Um, do you think they'll take shots at WWE though? Oh yeah, they always do. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, I think it was the Halloween episode, and he would tell like ghost stories, and Cody was like, "Imagine working Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I and love ho- it. And the Halloween episode might have been the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it rivals the uh, Independence Day one for me. Even though I haven't seen them all. The ones I've seen, those two are up top. Uh, and then he... And then he and pass, you'll, you'll pop for this since he brought up the Independence Day, which had the Independence Day speech. Mm-hmm. Um, the second most recent episode had uh, Cody quote the Rocky Balboa father-son speech. <laughs> what, the uh, world ain't all sunshine and rainbows? Yes. It's not about how hard you get hit, it's about how, how hard you could get hit and keep moving forward. Exactly. I'll have to check that out. You said that was the one two episodes ago? Yes, MJF played Cody's son. <laughs> Speaking oh, of which, God. MJF born to be a star on Rosie O'Donnell as a six-year-old. <laughs> I'll tell you what. After that, he became like one of my favorites. Dude, it's it's truly like one of the – like I talk all the time about like people who were like born to do something – like, that kid got on Rosie O'Donnell as a six-year-old and went on there and said he was going to be a wrestler when he grew up. Yeah, and, like, and I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> he, went, he went on there and said, I'm going to do opera, I'm going to do opera, I'm going to do opera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, do you have any ideas on what you're going to do? If opera doesn't work out? No, opera is going to work out, but I'm also going to be a wrestler. Right. I'm, like, right, right when he said that, I popped. And, and he did the Aiden thing, English gimmick before Aiden English ever did it. I'm so happy you said it. <laughs> it was... I don't think uh, – so it was funny. I, I, I watched the – I guess I watched both. Uh, or in 205 Live, they had a rematch. I think I had the kickoff show match in the background um, beforehand, and then I watched the 205 match. 
one one of the two matches they said on commentary about Aiden English being an opera singer. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, see, and, and I don't care if MJF's not in WWE. In my eyes, he's more successful. <laughs> no, in my I eyes, he's, he's more successful. And he definitely has um, more upside at this point. Yeah, like I, I, I think am. Aiden, Aiden already hair. reached his peak. As much as I love the guy and I think he's talented, I think he's already been the biggest he's ever going to be. Yeah, and MJF still has room to 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 grow. Yeah, uh, can still go up. <laughs> what was the other one, Alo? Uh Dom's next question was, who do you think will be the first three-time Hall of Famer? I'll take that first. Ric Flair for Evolution. I think we're all probably going to agree on that one because he's one of three guys yeah. that has two, and the other two Four guys, guys. Who's the other one? Brett Booker Sean. Oh, Booker's in twice. Well, yeah, but the, so the other three guys don't really have a third thing that I think is going to get in anytime soon, or if at all. Like yeah. What else could Sean be in for the Rockers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, and sure. I definitely think Evolution will get in there before the Rockers do. I don't know if WWE has any interest in bringing back Marty Jannetty. <laughs> so, so Triple H will have two rings. Triple H will have two rings before he's uh, retired. Right. Yeah, because he's so selfless. <laughs> <laughs> he never, never thinking about himself. Only gave himself a twenty-five minute match at WrestleMania this year, longest match on the card for no reason. Against David Batista. But, but you gave it five stars, Pash. Oh, yeah. Six. Because it happened in New York. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Six because it happened in New York. Exactly. All right. Now, Pash, you, you kind of backed up on these carpool karaoke. Very like, backed I gotta, up. I got to get you in the mood for it. So, And you got you to gotta give me the list. <laughs> I yeah. may have forgotten one at this point. We have All What's right. Up. Uh, Johnson have, and Thugonomics. Uh-huh. And you had time to learn that Sunday. Yeah, I did. There was a and, third uh, one too, right? Yeah, I can't remember what the third one was. We'll figure it out. Donovan, I know, won't forget. So what yeah, is it and, now? Uh, what is it this time? Kobe Kington's SOS. <laughs> Another one Wait, I don't he know. Just, he just put that on this week? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm to blame from last night. <laughs> yes. Uh, one day I'll sit down and do these all back to back. Yeah. Thursday's usually your record day. It sounds like tomorrow's a thing. Yeah, I haven't done one in like three or four weeks, I don't think. I really I haven't posted anything on social media in like a month or more. Right now. Our pi- yeah. our picture from Prep's gender reveal is the first non Valentina thing I posted in a while, I think. That was a good picture. It was. <laughs> Those are four good looking lads. <laughs> All right, um, we got a question for, for our uh, own League of Nations. <laughs> All right, what were we? Uh, the four best sneaker silhouettes in that picture too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we got a question from Team NXT Figs. Now, me and Eric will probably take this one. Uh, why do the WWE figures get unveiled super early and then don't and then don't hit stores until a year later? Why? Well, uh, it's a process. They're showing a plethora of different lines, if not, you know, four elite series at once, if maybe less. They're showing two to three basics. Sometimes it's not just a basic series. 
it's um, exclusives, whether it be a Walmart build a figure, um, Walgreens elite exclusives, uh, build a figure Walmart elites, and then they, they got to scatter it all around. Plus, there's stuff that we saw at the last Toy Expo that we're just getting now. So that stuff we're seeing, you know, is is kind of a weight game. Yeah, and, uh, some stuff like if you're referring, if he's referring to the stuff that's like uh, like the first time you see it and stuff that's unfinished because they're waiting for, de- for de- uh, decals to finish. That that takes time, you know, and uh, and like once you start seeing like prototype images and and like still like real real still shots they're on the way it's just a, it's just the fact that they'll hit ringside first before they hit stores like ringside has the latest elite series up right now you could buy it now for a few dollars extra but it doesn't release on amazon until i, I believe july so that so that's when you could probably expect it to hit stores and that's already that's what a f- three or four month difference in time because they had it last month so you if you want think- not to cut you off, but so I'm like the least figure guy out of the group. Do you think they'd be better off like saving the reveals until it's closer to being in stores? Like so oh, you don't have time to kind of like forget? Uh, you can't. But the thing is, this is the thing. Like anytime there's like an expo or a toy show or whatever, they'll bring what's coming out next too. So you don't forget about it. Yeah, I, I think it's good because it builds the hype. Yeah, like, it's like, like they make sure you don't forget about it. And – they also unveil something new because every every expo you kind of got to have at least one new thing. Like uh, when there's a toy expo last month, that's when you unveil Liv Morgan, and that's already done. So I'm not sure they didn't announce when that's dropping, but that's a Target exclusive. They show like new Adam Coles that aren't done yet. Mustafa Ali Ricochet is not finished yet. Those are coming out later this year. I think they hit ringside in around August, and those will probably be out at the end of the year. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's like any addictive hobby pass. It's one of those things like you could be like, all right, I'm done. I think I have everything you want. And then they do a toy expo and it's like, you think you're done, but in four minutes, boom, or in four minutes, four months, you got this coming your way. So like industry wise, it's like a constant cycle of hyping you up for what's coming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, you, and like I said, like if you want it right away, ringside has it for maybe five or six bucks cheaper. And depending on how much you buy, you might actually end up getting it for retail with promo codes. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I have nothing really to add. My, my curiosity was just, are they so far in advance that you're seeing them that you're almost losing interest by the time they come out? Oh um, no. You, you, you guys definitely made a good case that that is not the case. <laughs> and then we have a, a request from Russell, well, Danger Russ D. <laughs> danger, danger. He wants me to go off on Irvin Johnson. So before you do that, let me just say, I don't know if you guys were aware that Russell had surgery last week. I did not know that. Um, I don't know like what the surgery was to me. I didn't feel like it was my place to ask. Um he is recovering, Russ. We hope you get well soon. We hope you're doing all right. And uh, get well soon, Russ. Get well, Russell. Yes, we all look forward to seeing you now. It is time for Alo, per your request, to Ether, Irvin Magic Johnson. No, just Irvin. Okay, just Irvin. He's not Magic anymore. No, the Magic so, is, is all in Orlando now. Yeah. So Pat, like me, every time, basically. Every time my phone goes off, 
I'm terrified. Every time I look at my phone, there's something about this damn team that pisses me off even more. You know, but February was the Anthony Davis stuff, and then like LeBron's comments, and they they try to trade a whole goddamn team, and then a a week, a couple weeks ago, they said that oh well, the Lakers coaching staff begged Magic John, well begged Irvin and Rob to keep Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez. And but gave the money to JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, and Michael Beasley. Like, what the hell? Julius Reynolds, who's averaging 21 points a game. <laughs> Brooke Lopez, who could actually shoot. And unlike Mike Muscala, who you trade. Uh, by, now, by, by the way, I'm watching the Lakers and Clippers right now. And Zubox is killing the Jazz right now. <laughs> but that happens. And honestly, I've been back and forth with this because I was talking to my coworkers about this at work. And... I was saying, like, I don't know what's going on back in that place. Like, that, like, like Magic leaving is, like, shows, like, something was really wrong if he's leaving, of all people. And, and a, a, a reportedly, like, Rob Palenka or Rob Lowe, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. he's going to get more control. But I'm at the point, like, who the hell is running basketball operate going to run basketball operations? Because I have nobody in mind. Except for David Griffin. That's there are person. plenty of Colangelos out there. Don't want none of them. <laughs> Don't want none of them. All I can think of is anybody that's qualified with experience. With I need somebody with experience. You know, I'll get to that in a second. I need somebody with experience. The only person I can think of is David Griffin because he'll get the LeBron approval. And there's so many unanswered questions, especially with the coaching. Like, was, Ir- was Magic going to fire Luke Walton and stuff? But Stephen A, he was – not Stephen A, though, Stephen A. He mm. was – on first, like, he's been talking about weeks about there's something going on back. There's something going on, like there's dysfunction and backstabbing. And when Magic had his little press conference yesterday, he said that in his press conference. And Stephen A. also talked about that he had a he talked to Jeannie Buss and somebody it was regarding drafted Lonzo Ball and how they wanted De'Aaron Fox, but they drafted Lonzo Ball instead. They said and they said that was a Jeannie call, and Jeannie was like, "Who told you that?" So, meaning that it was true. Tawana tell you that? Huh? <laughs> I so, wasn't sure if you'd remember that. <laughs> you might have been too I, young. I, I caught it. I caught it. But, uh, but yeah, so she was like, she got the first like, who told you that? So, it, it must have been true. So, there's so much dysfunction in that whole franchise. And they need somebody that's qualified because I, I don't think Magic did a bad job because he, he got that team out of, like, terrible cap situations, you know. D'Angelo Russell wasn't the D'Angelo Russell that he was this season because he was he was all with the whole Nick Young cheat, cheat, snitching cheating thing on Snapchat, and then he wasn't getting along with management and stuff like that. So they had to use him to get out the Mozgov deal, which is fine. He ended up getting rid of Lou Wall. Dang, they drafted pretty well. But the thing I'm gonna knock Magic for is he didn't he didn't make the deals he should have made because he was scared to do it. Paul George is in OKC right now because. They wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram to the Indiana, to the Indiana Pacers because Magic thought that okay we'll just get him. But what happened was even though which was shocking to me, Paul George ended up staying despite being swept in the first round last season. He stayed because because of the, the relationship he had with Russell Westbrook. Didn't even give the Lakers a meeting, and that's what his inexperience showed. And especially with this whole Anthony Davis thing. This past February, his experience showed there. Like, you offer almost a whole, allegedly offer the whole team for one guy and didn't even get the deal done. 
So that's where a lot of his inexperience came into play. And going forward, whoever they hire, which I want the person to have experience and a known name, but they need to ha- like have experience in that field to actually make these moves and not be hesitant like magic. Yeah, I think they need somebody who is fully invested in being a GM and magic is a Hall of Fame player, one of the probably top five or six players of all time. He's got all these other business interests. That guy, I feel like, how could you possibly have the time or interest to devote to being a general manager of a basketball team when you have so much else going on? I think they'll be in better hands elsewhere. And for him, he's probably just happy not to have to deal with it anymore. Like, I'm Magic Johnson. Why can't I just enjoy my life? I feel like he's better off. Uh, But, my God, what a mess that turned into. (laughs) Yeah, because it's just like, my God. And then... They keep saying, like, there was all these meetings and stuff, and LeBron said he didn't know. And I'm like, God, I don't – like, stop. Why are you talking – I got to pick my phone up and some crap about this team. The season's over. Your season's over. Why are you still, Why is stuff still happening? Yeah, I, I don't envy you. <laughs> uh, anything else? That's all I got. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed WrestleMania weekend. I hope you enjoyed our WrestleMania review. Uh, Congratulations to Kofi. Congratulations to Becky. Congratulations to Seth. Uh, Who else won a title in WWE? Congratulations to the Iconics. The Hardys. Congratulations to Jeff and Matt Hardy. The major Uh, wrestling figure podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and... Bray Wyatt is coming back soon, clearly. Oh, that was looking, terrible. Looking forward to seeing whatever the hell this is. I don't have high hopes for it, but I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. What was that? Oh, the commercial with the animal or something? Yeah. Yeah, with the buzzard and his laugh over it or whatever. I get to hear his laugh. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. Uh, welcome back, Sammy. And uh, Joel Embiid, at any point in the playoffs, if you want to sit down and trust the process, you're more than welcome. LeBron, I don't know if you're welcome. Um, we'll leave that one up to Alo. Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about? No, I guess that's everything. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes. What a maneuver.net to embrace the men's. All right. So for Ek2 Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, but the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the mystery man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.